0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com. Top five movies. Movies. Top five. movies. Top, five. movies. top five.
1: Top five
2: movies. Top five top five movies. 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 Top, five.
0: movies. top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Top Five Movies. It's me, John Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And this week is an important episode because we're going to be looking back at 2017 and discussing our favorite films from that year. Uh, These are movies that we saw and uh, we loved from 2017. Now, I see a lot of movies. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen more than both of you. Probably put together my to- yep. my total for the year for just for movies from 2017 is 97. <laughs> I- I've seen 97 films released in 2017 uh, with an official release date of 2017. A few that I don't count as 2017 because their official release date is 2016, but other sites might count. Um, now for the year, I've seen over 320 movies, um, but just from 2017, I've seen 97. So, um, and technically, if you look at my Letterboxd, which I do want to plug, if you're not on Letterboxd, you should get on Letterboxd. It's awesome, especially if you're if you're a movie lover, which if you're listening to this podcast, you have to be, right? Letterboxd is a great way of keeping track of what you're watching. It is not a sponsor. However, I would love it to be a sponsor. So Letterboxd, um, I not only am making my students use your app, um, I use your app a lot. So, you know, hook us up. But... um,
1: yeah, So you have them... Sign up accounts
0: and do all I, that stuff. I did uh, for my my second and third year kids. I, I didn't make my first year kids because I'm like, if I don't know if they're going to commit to film. But once to me, if you're committed to the program, um, we watch a lot of movies in class, and that's the only requirement they have to they have to post uh, keep track of what we watch in class. And the goal is at the end of their time, they'll have like a, a full list of everything we've watched in class, um, and they are encouraged to post reviews and any other um, movies they watch, but they don't have to. So,
1: uh, I just had one more question. I apologize. So when they create their accounts, they're using their own emails and all that stuff, and then they kind of just they share with you and everything?
0: Yeah, they they are, uh, they are were allowed to use their school email or their own email um, to create their account. I, I basically encourage them um, to make a decision if they felt like it's something they would use on their own uh, to, yeah. to use their own email, and if it's something that they feel like they're only going to use for me, uh, to use their school email um, they had to take a screenshot and we put it in a discussion um, so that everyone could see their uh, their username that they made for this class and um, they they had to make a top five list because I was making sure they could use the um, top five list um, make sure that Sweet. they could uh, okay. use the software well enough so they had to do a screen grab and, and then we shared it um, so that everyone had everyone's username and again they weren't required to follow everyone but I encouraged them to follow each other so they can communicate because my my big thing with them is if you see a great movie, Tell other people to watch that great movie Uh That's um, how these Small indie films live you know we need to be Communicating it and that's one of the things I love about Letterboxd Um, And so I've been keeping track all Year of my list now um, I don't think either one of you have been keep I actually kept my best of 2017 list Private until about two weeks ago Um, Hopefully you haven't seen it but I will say that the way it is right now Is not my final organization Of the list and my top five is not exactly what has been visible um, on my top five. So um, I, I have my honorable mentions as 10 through 6 as well. I don't know if you guys have that many. Um, but I'll do that at the end as per usual. Um, I will say before we get into our list that I think 2017 has been a pretty great year for movies. I've seen some really awesome films this year. And it's very hard to, to decide which is my favorite and which is number two, number three, number four, number five. Like this it, is really tough. I'm still not sure if this is the right order and it's very likely this will change because there's still several films I haven't seen from 2017 yet. Um, the phantom thread, the post, which I think will end up being my favorite film of the year. Um, as I'm a journalist and it's by Spielberg and Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Like it, it's, it's a movie pretty much made for me. I'm pretty sure I'm going to love it. Um, and I haven't seen uh, All the Money in the World, the new Ridley Scott film with Christopher Plummer, uh, Mark Wahlberg, and Michelle Williams, which I hear is excellent. So those are three big movies that are missing from my viewing history that could potentially be in my top five. But who knows? Um, wow, well, you guys are real quiet. So I'm excited to talk about these. Uh, you guys seem a little less so, but...
1: Well, I mean, we just – I don't have the volume of films watched, but I'm happy with my list. I I could narrow it down. Hey, when you only have like 10, it's easier to
0: narrow it (laughs) down.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Uh, Corey, you've seen more than 10. Like I I would say you've seen at least – I would say you've been to the theater at least once every two weeks this year, so somewhere between 25 and 30. on average. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got a list.
3: Yeah, I just, I, like, so many of them I've only seen once, you know what I mean? Ah, that
0: I will it's say. It's hard for me to. Um, that is an interesting thing that uh, I'm looking forward to kind of pointing out with my list um, as we go, but. How
3: much overlap do you think we're going to have, John?
0: Um,
3: I'm going with two. I, I nope, think. I'm going to
0: go with three. Two. I would say two for sure, maybe three, um, but. There's a few movies that I know you were really into that I liked but aren't in my top 5. Um so I'm not sure. I'm curious though. Yeah,
3: no, I feel like I'm forgetting something. And oh I, god.
0: <laughs> I think overlap is is much more likely in this episode because uh oh, yeah. the ones that I know Mike has seen um I've or I I've, I've seen most of the big movies that have come out this year. I've missed a few. Uh there's a few big ones that I haven't seen. Um trying to think off the top of my head ones that I missed that were were like something I wanted to see. And I just didn't get to. Um, the Lost City of Z, I think, is one that – it's not a big movie, but it was a film that got a lot of praise um, critically. Uh, Robert Pattinson and um, – joe oh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, the dude from Crimson Peak, not Tom Hiddleston. Mm. The other guy, uh, Pacific Rim and Char- – Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, 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 Charlie Hunnam. Um, I heard that movie's great. It's on Amazon Prime. It's just like two and a half hours, and I just have not <laughs> felt like committing to two and a half hours for that movie. Um, and there's, there's others that aren't popping in my head right now, but that I've missed a few. Um, but I've caught most of the big ones and even a lot of the indie ones I've managed to catch, um, minus a few that I want to check out. But, um, I guess that's the gist of it. Um, we are recording this a little early, uh, but we're looking back at the year and I will have seen several of these films. So if you want to see what my final list is, uh, you do need to go to Letterbox and subscribe, um. I will probably do a, a year in review article at some point, um, early in January, but I want to catch some of those other movies like, like The Post and, um, The Phantom Thread. I really want to see the Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Thomas Anderson collaboration. And then, uh, I'm not as excited for all the money in the world just cause Ridley Scott and I have, uh, mixed no connections. There's some movies that I really love of his alien being the biggest, um, and then uh Blade Runner, and I like the Martian. But then there's like Exodus Gods Among Men or whatever it's called, like just I absolute garbage. Um so yeah, Ridley I don't I don't trust as as a filmmaker necessarily to like assume I'm gonna like something. Um and I I, I won't deny I tend to like Mark Wahlberg more often than I dislike Mark Wahlberg, but bad Mark Wahlberg is really bad. <laughs> like so kinda apprehensive about it, although I've heard good things from uh, Big Tuna, so that said, uh, we're going to be going Corey, Mike, and then me rounding it off, which I think is a good way to end um, since I will have a lot to say uh, for each of mine Um, but we don't want to go too long, so we'll try to keep it brief Um, but if you haven't seen uh, some of these films, Corey has a message for you
3: That's right, spoiler warning we're probably going to talk about these movies in great detail. If you don't want to hear that, you can go check out our list first at BerkReviews.com and then come back and give us a listen when you're ready.
0: And for Mike's list, uh, Corey and I usually take a wager. I'm going to go first this time, Corey, because you went first on the last episode. I am going to go big and say I've seen all five of Mike's movies. Um, I feel like the feel odds like, are in my favor. <laughs> yeah, like, mm. That's fair. There's a, <laughs> of course, there is a chance. <laughs> that he's pulled some random movie I've never heard of from 2017, um, and or like something that was on like I hope you didn't cheat and use like TV movies or something. But uh, <laughs> oh man! But no, uh, there and I've missed some. There's some documentaries that I really want to see that I've missed this year, including the one on Spielberg that is on HBO. I,
1: did, I, I just caught some of that the, uh, I, today. The other day, I just wow.
0: I need to watch oh. it. Um, I, there's several docs that I'm 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 missing on. I watched way more docs last year than I have this year, and I still didn't watch that many last year. So I, I, it's, that's an area um, I really want to um, devote more time to, and must, I just get lost in narratives. Must,
1: must watch, and it even addresses the 1941 fiasco. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. Oh, it, does, it, it I came in just around the E.T. stuff, and they even have some footage of, his direction of the kids, and there's one part with Drew Barrymore, and I know it's an emotional scene. It's like, <gasps> just, mm, yeah, I, I, I couldn't love the film more, and now I still even love it more than what I did. I,
0: I saw your post about that. I need, I actually need to rewatch ET. It's been a few years. I mean, I, I've seen it in the last fifteen, le- less than the last thirteen, because I showed it to my daughter when she was younger, but I haven't watched it since she was probably four or five, um, and it's, it's time for a rewatch. Um, all right. Well, let's get I'm into I'm going this.
3: with
0: 3. Oh, you've seen 3. Sorry, Cory. Oh my goodness. I I got so lost in my own uh awesomeness. I completely forgot to <laughs> hear you out. Uh no, I'm This is uh I'm very proud of myself. I uh, I I put together uh, if I stopped watching movies for the rest of the year, in the last 2 years I've watched over 700 movies, which is uh, Holy. some some are rewatches though, and some are some have been watched more than once this year. Um, in fact, because I wasn't doing my new movie a day thing, I rewatched a couple of movies this year that, um, still count to my 300. So it's not 700, uh, different movies, but it's really close. It's, it would be probably closer to like 600 first time watches or one watch. And then, uh, probably less than a hundred. I've rewatched this in the last two years. um, and it was something I set out to do. This is why I started Burke Reviews in the first place, was to push myself to expand my taste and, and uh, enjoy the art that I love so much all the more. And, man, has it been exactly that. Um, it was something I was worried that I would get tired of watching so many movies. And there are days. There are days where I'm like, I probably shouldn't have watched th- this movie right now. I wasn't really in the mood. I was wanting to do something else. Um, but... Uh, I have no regrets and I look forward to next year and seeing how many movies I will watch next year. Cause I didn't try to watch 300 movies this year. It just happened. So, <laughs> um, last year I set out to, and I, I accomplished this year. It was like, Oh look, apparently I can just do that now. So there you go. But, um, I'm excited for this conversation. I want to hear what you guys uh, saw and what you really liked. So Corey, start us off. What's your number five movie from 2017?
3: B-A-B-Y, baby, <laughs> baby driver. Um, I think we're going to have overlap on this one. This was so much fun to see in the theaters and I love the soundtrack and how it plays into the movie so much. Um, no secret,
1: uh, gonna I'm, I'm going to jump in as well, because this is my number five pick Oh, as well. Uh, so I'm just going to jump in. I don't want to that way in the essence of expediting the whole process, uh, I'll let you continue because I do have some stuff stuff
3: I really like the cast in this. I'm really sad about all that junk with Kevin Spacey. I kind of want to punch him in the face. But um, I just – this was so much fun.
0: Um, do you guys – do you think we should just, like – should I just give my stuff now? Because it is on my list. Where is a whole other question, but um... – I feel like. Maybe for the sake of time, like if you mention a movie that is on my list, I'll just say when it is um, and go. So, Mike, go ahead and you give your review because yours is number five.
1: Okay. Well, now – and see, this is part of – and it relates to – we just had a conversation within the last episode about the homework I was given about watching White Christmas and listening to Hamilton or watching Hamilton, which isn't going to happen because price wise, I'm not going to be able to get to it. One of my things that I even had a whole post on it is – my fear of approaching things that are so popular oh, because, man. and we've had this conversation where things are so hyped and I won't say this was overhyped. This was, I should have known that I would have liked that I liked it. And and now I regret not seeing it in the theater. I, I finally yeah. did get to it via on demand and I've probably watched it. I want to say three or four times in the last, three or four weeks Dang. Uh, because my daughter has picked up on it. Yeah. She mentioned and, that to me actually. Uh, and, oh, that's funny. Uh, that's interesting. And she's here and she is not my film person. My, my yeah. son's my film buddy and she's even tried to get, because we'll, my wife, y- you understand she'll watch about 10 minutes and then get distracted. And there's so much, there are things going on and uh, all right. So the beginning montage right away, I caught, all those things that were going on lyrically and then within the scene and that, that stuck out right away. My daughter didn't catch that. And she's like, wait a minute. And I'm waiting. And then then I finally see the gears. She's like, I said, I know. I said that was totally deliberate. And even some of the conceits that were done, you know, the whole thing, which doesn't make sense. Why would you rewind the song? Well, they would have run out of time. The song wasn't long enough to continue with the scene. So that that it was deliberately done. Okay. We got to rewind the song because otherwise the scene isn't going to play out. That was done on purpose. Just all these little things and, you know, the the trickery when you get that sample from the Harlem Shuffle and, and most people, and my son even, like, no, you don't want to hear that song because he's not really well-versed with House of Pain, but he must, there must be some meme going on that uses that particular song or that intro, that lick, and then, you know, come to find out that's not, because that, oh, wait a minute, that's the sample that is very recognizable from... Yeah jump around but it's not that you think and then you don't um i was very surprised music wise we can talk music all day the use of of the commodore is easy that just appeals uh i i'll be honest i forgave faith no more for doing a cover of it and i'm surprised he didn't use that but i'm glad he went the commodore's version it's just that's that's right all these different things the Interaction between Baby's character and his foster father, and the uncanny resemblance to um, uh, Machen, Amick, Machen Amick from Twin Peaks.
3: Yes, and, and that she's a waitress too.
1: Yes, yes, and even and even and the fact that they play into the fact that Ansel Englert's... Englert? is that right? Elgore, Elgore. Thank you. Uh, that his that he comes from being a DJ. And that whole dressing as, as Han Solo to me, because I feel like, oh, he's, you know, just all these little things, which is his DJ name, just all these little things that, that all come together and Edgar Wright does so well with them. And I didn't, I was very afraid of going into it and not liking it, That I just had a genuine fear. And even though it's on my number five, it's my number five pick, uh, It, I really, I really, really, really wish I'd seen it in the theater now
0: there's something tapping but my uh it's baby driver is my number three um movie on my list um i saw this in the theater with my daughter and the next night we convinced my wife to go and we watched it again and um i i was i was awarded this as a digital copy for going to regal uh four times for their sony movies and um i i Showed it to my class because we watched uh, all of Edgar Wright's films last year as part of our auteur study, and so it was uh, appropriate uh, that we finished the his film, um, which is this is his number five film. And I am a huge Edgar Wright fan. Uh, my students are as well, and it's a it's a movie that has, like you said, so many great things. The cast is great, obviously. Again, just to reiterate, we are not okay with what Kevin Spacey has done. Um, the movie came out before those allegations were brought to light and, uh, it is obviously I'm sure Edgar, Edgar regrets ha- having him on the movie now. Um, it does unfortunately tarnish this film a little bit, uh, just because every time you watch it, you're going to be aware of who's in it now. Um, and also kind of creepy because he, he recruits a kid to start driving for him and now mm-hmm. there's context to that that is disturbing, but, um. I I was a little worried if the movie – I've seen it three times. I love it still. It currently is listed as the number two of my all-time favorite movies, um, which I don't think it's going to stay there. I still think it's an excellent film. It's a lot of fun. It's probably the best soundtrack of the year, and that's saying something because there's been some really great soundtracks this year. But um, it's so well-crafted. It's definitely the best use of a soundtrack in a movie. Um, possibly ever, because it's it's with, without it being an official musical, you know, where the the characters aren't singing it, but the music is so ingrained in the world, and it is uh, diegetic, not non-diegetic, meaning it is the the music is in the the film, the characters are hearing what we're hearing, and that's not normal um, for a non-musical film. So it, it's uh, it's a masterpiece in so many ways. It's a fairy tale. Um, I, I like to quote Del Toro on that. Um, he points out a lot of the uh the very traditional fable or fairy tale type elements that exist. Um that said uh Edgar's been called out on not being great at writing female characters, um, which if you look through his film history, that's kinda true. Most of the female characters are very flat and one dimensional, um, including, unfortunately, um uh Deborah in this film as she really only exists for baby. Um she's willing to give up her entire life and run away with him and and that is a uh, it's another you know not so great element of the film yet it's still so much fun um and it's not to say uh that is not an interesting character but she definitely um only exists uh as something for baby to be motivated to or driven to to protect and help and whatever so um That said, it's still my number three. It's got so many awesome elements, and the opening six minutes alone sell this movie. It is so intense and so exciting um, and so fun. The song that Baby is picked, uh, Bell Bottoms, I'd never heard before, (laughs) but I have listened to countless times since. Um, I love that song now. So uh, that's my number three, and Mike and Corey's number five, Baby Driver, from Edgar Wright, starring Ansel Elgort. Um, and I want to say, I always mess up her, it's Lily Collins, or is that the wrong one? That's a, where is she? There she is. Lily James. I always say the wrong one. It's Lily James, um, who is Cinderella, and, uh, she was also, um, in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, wow. But, yeah, she's, I like her quite a bit. Um, now, I just went, but I have to go again, because I haven't given my number five. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I should note I saw Baby Driver I did three times. Um, this next movie I've also saw three times, but I saw it three times in the theater, which is one over Baby Driver. But my number five um, of 2017 is Spider Man Homecoming. Um, I am a comic book nerd. Um, I have I to be fair, just and to give credit where credit's due, I have not read a comic book now for probably four years. Um, I got just wrapped up with other stuff. I started my masters and I started Burke Reviews and reading is just not something I often have time for right now, so, um, I am out, but I was a comic book reader when I was a kid, I was a comic book reader in my late 20s, early 30s, and, um, Spider-Man and Batman have always been two of my favorites, um, Batman, number one, Spider-Man, a close second, and sometimes third or fourth, depending on, uh, what time, what's happening in the Spider-Man books, but, um, I have not been a long-term fan of any of the Spider-Man movies. I liked all of them except for three. Um, and mainly Amazing Spider-Man 2 I didn't love. But I always find some joy in it because I love the Sp- I love Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Um, Homecoming I-, I loved on each viewing. Um, the third time I went kind of reluctantly and it was my friend had never seen it and asked me um, to go with him and I was like, all right, fine, no big deal. And... I still loved it, and I was really shocked at that, that it was something I could watch three times in fairly close proximity and get the same enjoyment out of each time, and it's mainly uh, because of two big things for Spider-Man Homecoming, Uh, three. One is it's playing on a genre that I happen to love, which is the teen genre films. Um, Those always, uh, they hit, now they hit more of a nostalgia feel for me, like what it used to be like as a kid, Um, but I've been a fan of them since I was in high school, and they just always seem to, Hold a special place with me I love Juno Scott Pilgrim vs the World is essentially a Teen, uh, teen drama <sighs> um, Teen comic drama and Spider-Man does that very well and it pays Homage to a lot of John Hughes elements And so it makes the movie that much better But then you have Tom Holland As an amazing Peter Parker and a great Spider-Man and an even Better uh, at least a very Interesting villain with Michael Keaton As Adrian Toomes um, A.K.A. The Vulture uh not that they do everything perfect, like the fight sequence at the end of the movie, questionable. But the character interactions with these two guys, especially the scene where uh you find out that Toomes is Peter's date uh father. And that interaction is so tense and so awesome, um, that every time I saw it I I was just so into that movie. Um so it it had dropped down. If you like you look at my letterbox before this podcast it's sitting at like number 18 but when I was really scrutinizing the list and really thinking like what what do I see long term um I see this movie being one that I go back to time and time again and it's one of my favorite it's in the Marvel cinematic universe and it's in my top four for the Marvel films um out of all like 16 or 17 that exist uh and I think it's number three if I remember correctly um I think behind Iron Man which is there more or less because it it is the pillar of the rest of the Marvel Universe Everything's built on Iron Man's back So I think I keep it there more for that reason And I think Guardians uh, Is my number two um, And then Spider-Man Homecoming And I'm, it might mix up because Homecoming Has just If they don't screw it up with the next one it Has the potential to be one of the best Sets of uh, comic book films I think That have been made um, At least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe So that's my number five <laughs>
1: I have it on My Honorable Mention, so...
0: Ah, okay.
3: Um, and I still haven't
0: seen it. Really? Oh, my. I spoiled yeah. a couple of things just now. I apologize. But um, awesome. it's still worth watching, Corey. It's totally worth watching. So um, that's my definitely. number five. I, it
1: definitely is.
0: Uh, then let's go to Corey's number four.
3: My number four, I just saw very recently. Um, Lady Bird. Oh. Uh. I really um, don't know how to put my love for this movie into words, but it deserves all the praise that it has received. I love the story. I love the characters. I love the cast. The humor hit me so hard. I love when they're eating, and please don't anyone send me hate mail. I don't know what they're called but the little wafers.
0: The, yeah, the communion, that's the communion wafers, <laughs> that's right. When they're
3: like laying on the floor, like kidding around and they're like eating them. She and her best friend and then somebody walks in, you're not supposed to eat those. And I think she says they're not blessed or they're, something. They're not
0: consecrated, yeah.
3: They're not, okay, perfect. I just died so much. I thought they did that Greta Gerwig and Sersha Ronan did such a good job with making her such a believable teenager. Um, ah, I just don't. I, she might be one of my heroes, Lady Bird. That is, mm-hmm. um, I just loved it so much, and I love that everyone kept telling her how much she obviously loves Sacramento when she's pretty much screaming from the rooftops that she hates Sacramento and can't wait to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love it so much.
0: I, um, this is on my list. It is number two. Um, this is my number two film. Uh so you're making my my job later be very easy where I'm just going to reference what my number 2 is but um I saw Lady Bird twice in the theater. I got to go to a screening and then I went again with my daughter and my wife. Um I would have seen it more, but my daughter and my wife were dragging their feet to go see it and it was driving me nuts. Um I got a lot of people to go see this. I've been pushing for this movie. Um I I won I am a huge Greta Gerwig fan at this point. Um I like her as an actress. I think she has such a future as a writer director. Um, I've mentioned on the podcast, I think already, um, that she trained with Noah Baumbach as uh, with directing and writing. He trained with Wes Anderson. It's very interesting to me as I love Wes Anderson and so far love Greta Gerwig as a writer-director. Uh, I am not as big a fan of Noah Baumbach. Um Something just doesn't click with me in the way – his tones. Um, I, I don't always find his tone uh, to match what I'm watching um, or something. It's just, Something is off with me and him. Um, compared to Anderson. That's not to say I don't like all of his films. I, I love Frances Ha with her in it, and I think that's why, and she also co-wrote, and I think it, her voice comes out. Um, and in Lady Bird, her voice is b- abundantly apparent. Um, it is not an autobi- autobiographical, although it is loosely based on her experiences. Um, I have to mention Laurie Metcalf, who I've always been a fan of. She oh. was Jackie on Roseanne. Uh, she plays Sheldon's mom in Big Bang Theory, which I was a an avid watcher for a while. I have fallen off over the last couple of years, but Um, She was always great whenever she showed up on that show, and she is absolutely amazing in this movie. So is Tracy Letts, who I saw in Loving earlier this year, and he's so, so great as her father. He doesn't have a lot to do, but I think my favorite character in the movie is her best friend Julia, um, uh, who is Beanie Feldstein, who I've only – her only other credit that I know is Neighbors 2, and very different character in Neighbors 2 than she is in this movie. Um, but I love her in every scene that she gets in Lady Bird. She just has, she does so much with so little. Um, you know her facial expressions, her reactions. Um, she's just fantastic. And my probably my, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Lady Bird kind of starts to redeem herself because she she betrayed her friend. She stopped talking to Julia for a while. But um, when it's time for prom and things aren't going the way she wants, and she she wants to go with her best friend, and, and when she she- to speak- herself too. She does. Very much. And I love that. I love so many. There's so much to love about this movie. Um, and saying that Julia is my favorite character is definitely a big risk because I love Ladybird, and I also love the mother. Even though um, a coworker, I got... Um, I have a mother-daughter. Uh, I teach the daughter and the mother is a coworker. And I've had the daughter for all four years of her high school career and she'll be graduating and leaving me this year which makes me very sad um, but also excited because she is pursuing journalism um, and graphic design more of, uh, appropriately um, and she is my yearbook editor. But um, I, when I saw this movie I immediately thought of them. Yeah. And the... <laughs> the mother took offense when she saw this because she thought uh, Laurie Metcalf's character was awful. Not a bad character, but, like, an awful person. Um, And I was like, you know what? You're you're not getting what I'm saying. I'm not saying you are that mother. I'm talking about the interactions. Um, And, and like, uh, and I don't think she's an awful mother. I think she... she's she's very blunt right she like most of the they time They both are. yes but you generally i think the expectation is that a parent won't tell a kid they're not good enough um to do something or like you're not gonna you know and i don't know if that's true i am i'm a little more blunt than i think most are with stuff like i never want to hurt taylor's feelings or anything but i also don't want to um you know like i, I want her to have realistic expectations about certain things like not not Crushing of dreams, mind you, but just like this is how it is. And are you really going to sit here and say you're going to do this thing? Like, if if Taylor was right now going to tell me she's going to be um a musician, I'm going to like you haven't actually tried to learn how to play an instrument yet. You're you're 13. It, it's a lot of work now. Like you can still do it, but are you for real about it? Because you've not tried. For thirteen years, you've had no interest in playing an instrument. This has not happened, mind you. I haven't said this, but that's essentially what Metcalf's character does to Ladybird multiple times. And I think that's where the mean uh, uh, interpretation came from. But I, I don't want to. I could go hours for this movie because I really do love it, and that's why it's my number two. This is definitely one that will be a, a, a rewatch for me later as well. Um, I will own this movie without any hesitation. Um, and if you missed it, you definitely <laughs> need to see it. Um, as mm-hmm. soon as you can. And Mike, you're on that list of people who missed this.
1: Uh, I know. I know. I, I wanted to see it. I just didn't. Uh, mm. I want it. I wanted to have been on my top five.
0: Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised that our theater got it. Um, I was excessively disappointed that when I took my wife and daughter to see it at our local theater, that we were the only three people in the theater on a Sunday afternoon at like, I think we went to the four o'clock show. Um, and that kind of broke my heart a little because it, it's a movie that deserves that- to have a huge crowd.
1: Is that the week before uh,
0: midterms? No, that was uh, a couple weeks before. Oh, okay. so, uh, it was I the week before that. Star Wars came out. Um, but mm. Yeah, un- and, you know, unfortunately, um, that's the type of movie that doesn't get a lot of promotion. It did get a lot of um, hype because of its Rotten Tomato score, um, which for a while it had the record for being the highest-rated <laughs> – I'm um, sorry, the – highest amount of reviews for a 100% movie on Rotten Tomatoes it had over 180 reviews at one point at 100% and finally one critic who admitted to giving it a rotten review solely to be that contrarian because his actual review says he likes the movie he gives it a B but then said it was rotten even though he gave it a B so it doesn't have a 100% anymore but it's a technicality and it even if it doesn't Rotten Tomato is not the reason you should watch a movie um, this movie is definitely worth a chance. It doesn't mean you're going to like it just because it had a high score on Rotten Tomatoes, but there's a good chance if you're a person who had any kind of conflict with your parents ever, um, this movie w- will connect with you in some level. And it's Sersha Ronan is, again, amazing. Um, and Gerwig's direction is fantastic. So we'll end it there. Mike, what is your number four?
1: My number four, we got to see together in a screening The Disaster Artist. Nice. I I don't think I'd laughed so much in a long time, and I was worried because we also had gone to see the Trax version, which is really the only way to watch the, the original version of the room. And I I, I I think I someone on my Facebook stream uh, feed had Tommy Wazoo's page, and there was a greeting, a holiday greeting from him. I'm like, wait a minute. And I'm like, how have I not followed this page? Just everything worked, and it was just it's got it's got to be really for me to laugh the way I did. I think, and and I think part of it too is because I knew going in the back end stuff, and we had been exposed to the room, we'd had to suffer through that, and just seeing. Uh, Another part of it and how it was it's just just overall so well done. And James Franco, I mean, totally surprised.
0: Yeah, directing and starring in it. Um it did not yeah. make my top five. It's in my top I think it's in my top twenty five. Um, but I, I've seen a lot of movies. Um I really did enjoy it though, and that no way should that discredit it um at all that it's that it's not in my top five. Uh I actually really liked um Dave Franco in this movie a lot.
1: Yes, yes, he was also.
0: Um, um and Seth Rogen who doesn't have a major role but uh he <laughs> he's kind of playing a straight man for a change. Um and I like that. Uh I really like that a lot actually like cuz he was he was a little angry and and aggressive. Not something we usually get to see Seth Rogen do and I I thought it worked really really well.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Over just mm. Corey, did you get to see Disaster Artist?
3: No.
0: It still hasn't come to you, right?
3: I think that it did,
0: but oh.
3: um, the friend I was going to see it with went and saw it without
0: me, and then uh, I
3: just didn't get to it. I
0: know that's disappointing. She's a it's definitely one that's worth checking out. Um, especially, you haven't seen the room, though, right? No. No, I've uh. heard. I've heard from many They're sources. They're rescreening it. Yeah, they are. They, and I don't know. I don't know. That it's worth watching. Uh, when Mike and I went to the screening, we went with Big Tuna and Brendan, um, and they had neither of them had seen the room. And Mike and I had but only through the Rift tracks too So it should be noted we never watched it pure We watched it with commentary and jokes on top of it, A movie that was already pretty badly funny But um, yeah the Disaster Artist is definitely one worth checking out um, That is Mike's number 4 uh, Corey's number 4 was Lady Bird which is my number 2 So my number 4 um, This is getting confusing with me uh, I apologize for that yeah. guys But my number 4 is the directorial debut of Jordan Peele Get out um, mm. which I saw twice in the theater as well, if you're getting a pattern here um so far, every movie on my list so far I've saw it multiple times in the theater um I went uh w- opening night as I usually do, but then I went and saw it again with a couple of friends, and I was pleasantly surprised that it held up the second time um because there's a major twist in get out, and I wasn't sure if that would uh. Like Take away from the movie in the second viewing And it didn't it was still an excellent film And I loved every second of it um, Daniel Kalula uh, Is amazing in this movie As is Allison Williams um, And Catherine Keener Bradley Whitford is a guy whose name I couldn't remember earlier And I'll tell you who's mm. had a heck of a year Caleb Landry Jones is in Like every movie that's big Like he's in Get Out he's in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing Missouri yeah. um, And he's in something else that now Oh, uh, um, American Made with Tom Cruise um like the dude was in like all sorts of movies this year um and i had not really been familiar with him prior to this film um and uh lil Ray Howry is uh daniel Kalula in the films uh, is named Chris is his best friend in the movie, and kind of the comedic relief um i I was so impressed with this film in so many different ways um i was I am a jordan peel fan uh, I like keenan peel i haven 't i hadn 't watched the show but i 've watched a lot of clips on YouTube. And then I saw Keanu last year and loved that movie a lot. I found it very, very funny. And when I heard that Jordan Peele was, one, directing and directing a horror movie, I was really thrown off because he's associated with comedy, which, of course, if you look at the Golden Globes, this is a comedy because it's nominated for Best Comedy um, this year, <laughs> uh, even though IMDb listed as a horror mystery thriller and not a comedy, and Jordan Peele himself has been kind of not happy with it being listed and marketed as a comedy, Um It was part of the reason he said he didn't cast himself in the movie was because he didn't want people to recognize him and think, oh, this is going to be funny, which is what happened when I saw the first trailer. And Jordan Peele was on the name. I was like, is this a comedy? And it was a few minutes into the movie that I realized, no, this isn't a comedy. Now, there is satire. It is. And there is humor in the movie, but it is not a straight comedy. Um, And I've heard different arguments. I don't view this film as a comedy. Um, I do think it's got humor in it, but I, I think it's just representing reality. They're establishing a world that needs to feel like ours in, in order for his commentary to make sense. And it's just such an impressive film. Um, it, it ends very, very well. And if you missed it, I can't recommend it enough, um, especially the cast is just – they. Outperform themselves and there is a great Episode of the Nerdist podcast with Jordan Peel on it from earlier this year where He talks about his love of horror and um, You know the, his whole process And I just I really enjoyed that episode I, I, I look forward to seeing what else Jordan Peele is going to do um, he seems To be a creative genius much like Greta Gerwig um, You know different tastes And different styles but man This has been a really cool year to see these uh, Young young actors turn Director um, and writer, uh, and see what they can do, because they both crushed it, in my opinion.
1: I still need to see it. I've been meaning to sit down with it, and I know it's on one of the channels, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, dude,
0: this one I think will be, I think this would have been on your top five, honestly.
1: If I had, yeah.
0: yeah. If I... Which, by the way, too, if you've not seen Black Mirror, um, I've only watched a few episodes, but it's an anthology series uh, series mm-hmm. similar to uh, mm-hmm. Twilight Zone, like each episode is standalone, um Daniel Kalula is in I think episode 2 of season 1 um which is an awesome episode. Like I've I've only caught like 3 or 4 episodes and they're all they've all been really good but he, I really like that actor. Um I look forward to seeing everything else he's going to be in because after this movie especially I think he's got a huge future in front of him. Um I just can't wait to see what his next project's going to be. Hopefully it's something awesome. But that's my number 4. Uh, Corey you saw get out, right?
3: Yeah, I was not a fan. Speaking of contrarians, I Um, didn't realize that.
0: I don't know. if I'm sure we talked about about it. it. I'm sure. But God dang it, Corey. (laughs) We talk talk a lot. I
3: I know we do. Dang it. But um, yeah, I was not
0: a fan. That's that's maddening. Um, And definitely a contrarian because it does have a super high. Obviously, I just noted that it's got a Golden Globe nomination, which doesn't mean anything. Um, it, it should be pointed out, and this has been a, an argument for everyone who's like, don't trust the Golden Globes for anything, is, uh, there was a movie called The The Tourist, I think that's the right one, with Johnny Depp, and it's, it's a pretty forgettable film and somehow won Best Picture one year, um, so, what? yeah, for Golden Globes, not for Oscars, um, so yeah, Golden Globes, it's a, it's definitely a popularity contest, and that, so that doesn't mean anything, but it does have an 84 Metacritic, um, 7.7 IMDb user. Most people like this movie. Corey, unfortunately, it didn't register with her for some reason. I'm not sure why. It did for me. Uh, I, I really would like Mike to see it and see uh, what you think, But, But that said, um, let's go to Corey's number three. Okay. Oh. oh.
3: Um, <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> and I love the actor in it. And I feel like I shouldn't. I feel like a bad human. And a bad woman, um, but it's a ghost story. I love it so much. It was so heartbreaking i uh watching like the passage well his pa- his passage I don't even want to say passage of time, yeah, I was gonna say passage through time, and that wasn't mm. correct, but um yeah, just I love the scenes that they're ghosts wearing sheets and still no one can see them and they are um because he there's a one scene that i love in the movie where he's communicating with the ghost next door Mm -hmm. and who what are you doing i'm waiting for someone who are you waiting for i don't know or like they've forgotten or something and isn't that the director that plays the other ghost
0: it is the director under the other sheet yeah
3: yes um i david loved rooney mara in this film um and the director did choose both of those actors because he um oh my gosh he did anthem body saint um body saints um with them and he really wanted to make a film with actors he was friends with um which i also really liked that movie too um i just really really enjoyed it it was really sad a lot of people talk a lot of junk about Rooney Mara eating pie for the first time on film and it being like a 30 minute scene right. but I think
0: I love that, that
3: I do too it's heartbreaking
0: it, it, there's a lot of complaints about that scene it's not just her, it's not her performance her performance is amazing it's a single shot um, from a long shot for like a good five minutes and that's not very traditional um, but that's one of the things I love about this film it's also shot at in an interesting aspect ratio Um, where it kind of looks like an Instagram photo almost. Like it's uh, curved edges, much more old school uh, feel, and it adds to the tone of the movie. Um, This is not in my top 10, um, but it is in my top 25. I don't remember exactly where it falls. Um, It's hard to make a top 10 because I I love this movie. I don't know how many times I can revisit this film. Um, It's intense. It's, uh, It's, I mean, as a piece of art, it's, gorgeous i i love so much about what this movie did um i mentioned i think before uh at my critic screening a critic fell asleep and sitting next to me um which was heart, like heartbreaking and i listened to critic after critic uh because when you do a critic screening we have to give a little like micro review on our way out um that they could potentially use on like marketing or posters or whatnot um i guess it's kind of our payment for the ticket or whatever and uh, I had to listen to critic after critic give scathing reviews, and I was so shocked because I loved it. Um, and I, I still, I still love it. I haven't rewatched it, um, but there's there's so much cool things in this movie. David Lowery does um, that. It, it's just it's worth exploring and seeing. It's definitely polarizing. I think you will either love yes. or hate it. I don't think you can yep. sit yeah. in the middle.
3: I, and I think that I've talked about this before, but the use of the sound in this too. Mm, yeah. um, I loved that I got to see it in theater because of the surround sound and like the creaking of oh. the old house. And it's like a big thing in the movie that he loves this old house and she doesn't understand why. I'm
1: sorry, go uh, ahead. No, I mean, it didn't make my top five. It is on my honorable mentions and it's, it was tough not to include it. It, it I can totally see where it's polarizing. One of my picks on my list definitely Ooh. will have that effect as well. I'm hoping. Uh, uh, it's yeah, and I, I'll be honest. I'm not a Casey Affleck fan, and this is like uh, totally works for me. Uh, I'm 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 not. I never yeah. really have been. I've kind I kind of made fun.
0: I, I like him in this, which he's not. Yes. He's in this, but he's not in this at the same time. Right, like, right, um, right. But I really like him in Gone, uh, Gone Baby Gone. And, yeah,
1: um, and I could bet I did not. at Manchester by the Sea, where he's, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. Ooh, I, I, loved it. I I know you <laughs> do. I just but, really
3: like sad movies. Apparently, I
1: really liked. Uh, see, it, that should appeal to me. It didn't, uh, but Ghost, Ghost Story did. Ghost Story worked.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. I, I like this. I'm glad it's on someone's list because I like talking about this movie. Um, again, listeners, this isn't one that we're recommending. If you, if anything we just described sounds awful to you. It, you may not enjoy it, and it, it's.
1: I mean, they need to dig it up, uh, watch the trailer, maybe even pre-read. It's you're really gonna like love us or really really hate us yeah. for it.
0: And you definitely have to be awake when you watch this movie. Um, it, it is, and I don't mean like stay awake. I mean, well, if you're feeling a little sleepy, this is not the time to start it, the movie. No, right? Because it it is. It's quiet. Um, the music is is there. There are moments where it's not quiet, but. Uh, There are good chunks of the film that are almost silent Um as it's very Contemplative and it's not trying To rush through its story Um it's not long but I could see someone thinking it is long Um because there's There's moments where it's a character Just doing something almost Mm -hmm. Nothing so um But I, I found it very very Compelling and interesting and uh Like I said um It's it's it makes you it makes you think A lot um it definitely made me think. uh it's just about like mortality and, and existence in general. so um all right. that is uh Corey's number 3, right? yes. i'm i'm so confused cuz i've already talked about my number 3 I and know. my number 2, so i'm like uh where are we? um mike, we're on your number 3, i believe. what is your number 3? um
1: all right. so mine mine is pretty much a give me and i worried about what going into it this one as well. Having had so many years in between the first one and going into the second one, T two train spotting, nice. and it just came up again. And I, I, uh, I mean, it's it, it is so difficult to follow up the original one, and this one did. I'm not going to say that it ex ex it, it ex that it, 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 mm-hmm. it's infinitely better than the first one, but it gives us that closure and we have that, it's very sad. To me, it was very sad in a way, uh, you know, coming to the ending and then what's old is you know, what is, what's new is old again. You know, we're kind of back to where we started from. And I wanted to know what happened to these characters and we get to see, and we kind of see how they're taken again, this time by someone else. And we see what ends up happening with all, all of them, all of the main characters. And I was really, really glad, glad that they were able to – they even had the Mikey Forrester reference. It's just uh, – I'm glad we got the sequel. And it's sometimes – sometimes you you wish for the sequel and then when you get it, it's like mm, it should never – but this one yeah. left me satisfied. And I was
0: really glad for it. I, I was not um, a longtime fan of the first one because I, I hadn't seen it until this year, I think. Oh. I, I guess I saw it last year. I don't remember exactly when I watched it. I watched it within the last two years. Um, I don't remember if it was part of my 366 last year. I'm pretty sure it was. But I think we did a, we did Movie Club for it this year as well um, because we were preparing for the sequel. And um, so I, I didn't have the long wait that everyone else had. I kind of fell into like, oh, well, they're making a sequel. I should watch this other one. Um but I still I was really into the first movie and I like the second one. It's not on my top uh my top ten, but it's a film that I enjoyed. I love Ewan McGregor so much. Um I tend to give his him a chance in anything he's in because of it, and I know Corey's on the same boat with that. Um I'm actually pondering if this is gonna be in her two or one as she is a huge fan and I got to say, I've become a major fan of Danny Boyle, even though he's not always perfect. I tend to like his style, um, and it, it changes from film to film to a degree, but he does – and he does like to deal with poop a little too much. Um, but, it's poop again. Yeah, um, but I do uh, I do like this movie quite a bit. I'm, it's, I'm glad to get to hear us talk about it because it's, it's one that um, a lot of people probably didn't get a chance to see, and I sought this out um, and – and went to I actually skipped a critic screening um, for the Florida film festival. I went to one screening. I, I was going to do a double at the Florida film festival for critics, um, but I skipped the second movie and went and saw this because it was playing down the road and it was the only chance I was going to have to see it, um, which I'm really glad I took that opportunity because I, it did not come anywhere close to me otherwise. So um, yeah, it's a good pick for your number three.
3: Cool. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Um, it's, Actually, my number
2: one. Ah.
3: Yes. Uh, The sequel, We Didn't Know We Needed. I, too, am a big fan of Danny Boyle. I was so afraid that this was just going to not be good, but it was so great, and it's hard for me to choose my favorite soundtrack this year, but I think that it's the soundtrack.
2: Mm. Mm. You're wrong, but it's okay.
3: No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. It's my favorite one. And so far, it's only been released as an import on vinyl, so I'm gonna probably have to order it that way. But I just love it so much; uh, it was so good. I wanted to see it a second time in theaters, but it didn't. I didn't get the opportunity to. But, but she did buy it
0: the day it came out um, on Blu-ray. So, yeah, and she got a special edition uh, steel book somehow. I don't know how. Yeah,
2: I
3: did I did import I su- also? Actually, I'm surprised it wasn't a
1: special edition spoon book, like a bent spoon and. <laughs>
0: Oh, no. I feel
3: like this one, though, might be easier to watch yes. again. It is definitely easier to watch than the first one um, because
0: there's the still, like, a little bit of hope in- Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more hope in the second one. The first one, there are, like, three scenes that make it a real hard movie to sit through multiple viewings and particularly the baby scene. But um, even, yeah. Uh, yeah. his withdrawal sequence is tough and him going through the toilet, which is beautiful after the fact but like the him starting like oh that whole scene it makes me so nauseous um but uh this movie i think there's less i don't i can't even remember a scene that i didn't like there's stuff that makes you a little uncomfortable but nothing like the first movie where like i was like oh my god um but there are still some of those amazing visual elements that danny boyle brings to the table in the second film um some of them are in the trailer, unfortunately, but uh, there, there he does. He has a really cool visual style that he brings to the, this film. So, um, so that's Corey's number one. Mike's number three. My number three is Baby Driver, which I've already talked about. If you want to listen to what I said, you can rewind and and do that. Um, but we're going to move into number two. Uh, so, Corey, what is your number two um, of twenty seventeen?
3: Okay. I think we're going to have overlap on this one. Um, When I talk to people about movies, they should watch. This is the one I talk about. That's to movie lovers and casual watchers. This movie hit so many emotions with me. It's the big sick. I just loved it so much. Um, One of my favorite scenes of the year, we talked about in our episode with food. It just was so funny, but made me tear up at the same time. Um, Again with the cast, Kumail non i am going last name. Nanjiani. Gianni. Yes. Um, I—I've uh, only really seen him in Silicon Valley, and he's so funny. And with, that with Martin Starr. So it was—I enjoyed seeing this.
0: Well, him in this now, which, Corey, for you to make this assumption yeah. that we have overlap would mean you think <laughs> this is my number one movie of the year.
3: Oh, I'm right.
0: You are right. It is my number one movie yes. of the year. Um, I, I
3: forgot that it was going to be your number one. That's
0: the only thing left because I've already given <laughs> the two. But
3: I can't keep up with um, your
0: stuff. I I watched this uh, back in July in the theater, um, and I loved it then. Um, I, I loved. Uh, I am a big Camille fan though. I have to like full, on Front Street. Not only am I a fan of Camille. I am also a fan of his wife, Emily Gordon. They do they did a podcast called The Indoor Kids on the Nerdist Network where they talked about video games. And I listened to that for quite a bit. Um, I then uh, – Kamail was the reason I gave The X-Files a chance. Um, uh, he had a oh. podcast called The X-Files Files. And um, he went – each episode of the podcast was one episode of X-Files. So he would have an episode where he talked about episode number one, number two, and so on. So in order for me to listen to that podcast because I wanted to listen to more Kamail stuff – I decided to start watching The X-Files, and I got through, uh, I think, two seasons, and I just – I ran – I think I started the movie challenge, and it was impossible to do both, um, and I haven't gone back to it. No offense to The X-Files. I liked it very much, actually, but um, Kamail is on Silicon Valley. I'm a big fan of that. I've seen him in tons of other little parts. He shows up in movies and usually makes them better. Um, if you didn't see Mike and Dave Need a Wedding Date, he is the highlight of that film, and he's only in, like, one scene, but he plays a masseuse with long hair and – and does the weirdest massages ever in history. And it's hilarious. But um, I loved The Big Sick when I saw it. But making this list, I was concerned. I'd only seen it once. Would it hold up against some of these other movies that I saw multiple times? So I sat down and started watching it. I made it. I wanted my wife to watch it with me. She still hasn't watched it. Um. And I was 30 minutes in, and there's a scene where um, they have their first kind of fight where Emily is trying to leave the apartment. And he doesn't understand why Emily, played by Zoe Kazan, is trying to leave the apartment. And it reminded yeah. me of an uh, early interaction with my, my wife when we first started dating. And I'm like, hey, I really want you to watch this scene. And she's like, you know what? Just come, come out here and let's start it over. I'm like, okay, perfect. Let's watch it together. And uh, she was bugging me. And there's a scene in the movie where Camille wants her to watch a movie. And he, like, is, like, watching her watch the movie, and that was me last night because I really want Kathy to watch this. Isn't
3: it Night of the Living Dead that she's never seen?
0: That is, there's two movies. That's the first movie they watch. The second time where he sits her down to watch a movie uh, is a Vincent Price film that I don't know what it's called. Um, D- Doctor something. I can't think of what it is. I've never seen that one. Uh,
1: Indomitable Dr.
0: Fibes. That's it. That's exactly what it is, Mike. Um, and... Uh, so I'm doing that to my wife. I'm, like, watching her, and she's on her phone, and I'm really, like, trying not to be rude, and, like, I want her to stop. Um, but as as the movie went on, I was enjoying every minute of it. Uh, in fact, more, I think, than I did the first time I saw it. Um, I'm watching her, and I noticed by about 40 minutes in, the phone went away, and she was watching the movie. Um, and that's when I know a movie's great um, for me. If my wife gets pulled into it where she's not doing anything else because she's the type of person she'll put a movie on and then do like laundry and she's over there and she's in another room and I'm like do you want me to pause it she's like no I can hear it and I'm losing my mind like no that's not how you watch a movie you got to sit and watch the movie but um, that's how she watches a movie and this one it pulled her in so much that she sat and watched it and I could see I think this will be one that she rewatches I love this movie I, I don't think uh, the Golden Globes did not nominate it at all. Not a single nomination for anything, and that is a travesty because you have uh, amazing performances from everyone involved. Holly Hunter and Ray Romano are so good in this movie. Um, Zoe Kazan, who is Emily in the film, is great. Uh, director Michael Showalter um, fantastic, does a fantastic job with this, and you might know him from um, – oh, what's the movie? Um I totally just went blank on the movie that he's most famous for. But um, Emily and Camille wrote the screenplay. It is autobiographical about their relationship, uh, which is why it hits so many emotional notes. Um, some of the stories that you see in the film, I'd heard them tell before. And so I, I definitely have I, – I, not like they're not my personal friends or anything, but I've listened to them have conversations, and I'm familiar with them as people. And so seeing their story does feel like, you know, hearing your – like if – like – Mike, I know you and your wife, but I, I didn't know you for that long. Like I wasn't, I didn't know you guys when you met. So, like, if you two wrote a screenplay about how you met and made a movie out of it, I would have a special connection with that movie, mm-hmm. like, knowing mm-hmm. you now. And that's kind of how it feels. Obviously, you are a real friend, and Kamail is just a character, or a person who I've listened to on a podcast. But nonetheless, um, I think there's a level of uh, connection with a podcaster that you don't get with, like, someone who just does a single interview. But when someone's just constantly talking about their life, you just start to know them as people. And that's how I feel with Camille and Emily. So the movie um, clicked for me on that level too. I'm also a big fan of Camille's stand-up. And that's heavily on display here, and you get a lot of good stand-up moments. It's not too long, but each one, I think, brings something uh, to the the scene that's just great. Um, If you skipped Big Sick, it is available on Amazon Prime to stream uh, right now. Um, Prime is the studio that picked it up after... um, I don't remember which film festival. I think it might have been I feel like it was Sundance, but I might be wrong. But they got picked up by Amazon and um they they deserve a lot of credit. The, it's it's so real. It's probably my favorite romantic comedy of all time. Um I don't I don't know if anyone's been one as truthful and and just honest and it never tries hard for the jokes. Like it, they just happen. A lot of the jokes are real subtle. Um, and just like they feel like real interactions between two people and how things just kind of are funny because of how we interact with one another versus it being like a setup and a punchline. Um, I just it's a brilliant film. It is my number one. Um, so sorry for going so long. But it's a film that I am I am excessively uh, obsessed over. I, I can't speak highly enough about the big sick. Um, I don't think it'll be for for everybody necessarily. Um, friend of the show Brendan went with me when we saw it which is. Um, He liked it, I loved it And I still love it So that's my pick for number one But we still need to hear Mike's number two And Mike's number one Because we've somehow managed to get Corey and my number one and two out of the way So Mike, what's your well, number two? Uh,
1: before we, before we go away from the big secret oh, I haven't sorry. watched it I, 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 I do want to watch it I, my, my life is filled with a lot of good intentions But we know <laughs> what ends up happening with those uh, The trip I, it got to the point, because I feel the oversaturation of Everybody Loves Raymond, just I couldn't stand to even think about watching Ray Romano. I mm. wasn't a fan of that show. I, okay, so I'm not alone. Mm. And I know that people loved it. However, seeing the trailer and seeing the internet, and, and, and with, there's something to be said, and it's the mark of a excellent film when you feel and i'm not trying to compare it to the rom-com i just posted about but i, I had that posting and i'm sitting there and i'm like can totally relate not because i've been in a situation where i you know i am the best man uh, to a friend of mine that i've loved for 10 years that's not the point but i could relate in that you know that that unrequited love kind of thing and this is a different story but still when you can get your Audience to feel and to be involved that way. Mm -hmm. You've done it when you can get them and hook them because I have a problem with that too. And you know, I joke with my students because we talk about, at least with my my ninth graders, my freshmen, that we get to talk about the social studies. We we don't always, but uh, you know, we talk about being focused. And I'm I'm honest with them. I said, guys, sometimes at my house I have the iPad, my phone. Music, the television, a book, the laptop, and sometimes I get distracted. And, yeah. and 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 my wife even says that I need continual input all the time. I got and it is, and I don't know if that's why I am an early four o'clock riser, but anyway, all that to say, when a film gets you and and I can focus on it, because in the theater I do my best and I don't, I'm not on my phone, I'm not on that because that's what I'm there for. At home, it's a whole lot tougher. You've been yeah, there. You put a phone on and we're like, okay, we'll go along with that. And, and I've done that. And it's one of those I want to spend time with. Um, very recently, I, I went into uh, to The Hero, which is not on my list, and I didn't get into it. It did not get me. And I, I, by all means, the, the trailer got me, and it should have, but I don't know what. It was wrong mm-hmm. time, wrong place for me. Yeah. So there's something to be said about a film when it gets you that way
0: Yeah Okay So I, I'm glad to hear all that And now I want to hear your number two
1: Alright number two um, It's got one of Corey's favorite people of all time in it. <gasps> Elizabeth and, um, Olsen Yes How did you know? Because um, I
3: know what movie this is What is it? It's going to be Wind River
1: It is Wind River awesome. This was one that was Very oh. recent uh, Rental for me And uh, Well
3: you please Go. not spoil it because I do want to see this and I haven't okay.
1: had a chance I will, yet. I will not spoil it for your Thank behalf. Thank you so much. And, um, I, my wife has done mission trips to Haiti, to Honduras, to um, um, I forget the tribe in the Dakotas. And, you know, my mom managed a restaurant in the Miccosicki Reservation down in Miami. And one of the unspoken things that you don't really hear. I mean, we had the big oil spill after we knew this was happening and it it just amazed me that, you know, people were surprised that that happened, that disaster happened. But one of those big things that people don't, don't remember and people forget, and it's been addressed. I mean, there've been other films. Thunderheart is one that comes to mind. Smoke Signals is more of a comedic take and that's my first memory of Adam Beach. But Wind River um, and, and Thunderheart both. Thunderheart was definitely more based on a true story. Wind River is an amalgamation. And oddly enough, there was a few weeks ago where I read a story about a sister. It's heartbreaking uh, because one of the ending parts, um, without get, not getting, I'm not giving a whole lot away. Actually, I'll try not to. Deals. Uh, the story I read had to do with a sister who had been searching. Native American sister adopted. I've been searching for her sister who's been missing since June and gotten no support, no help, no nothing. After a few weeks, it's just, you know, it. okay, well, we tried, and not even that much. And the whole idea of Wind River has to do with murder on tribal land, uh you know, a, a near reservation and kind of goes from there. And you see a beginning part. It's, you don't get answers. My wife, my wife and I watch, there is one scene that is a couple yeah. scenes that are really tough, yeah. but there's one very, very, very difficult to watch scene. It's one that uh, w- would keep me from watching it with my kids yeah. because overall, um, I, I, it's, uh, you know, having, having a daughter having a mother uh or just any female it just it's really hard to watch and even hard to t- talk about and just a lot of uh, she was really elizabeth Olson was so good in that part yeah. and it's tough because you you're, we're used to her not being as you know adept as she could and, and i think it's a testament to the director, or how she interpreted her and Jeremy Renner and Graham Greene, and I forget the actress's name, but Graham Greene and I think she played his wife in Dances with Wolves are in this. But it's while it's not based on an actual true story, I mean, they the statistics are very sobering yeah. and not not an easy watch at all. And I you need to rent it. Go yeah. I know it's it's earlier your time. You need to go get it. I it's, just, it really hit me hard. It
0: should be noted that it is the directorial debut of Taylor Sheridan. Um, this is his third written film, though. He also wrote Hell in High Water from last year and oh, Sicario, I need to watch. Um, Sicario from oh, the that's year fine. before. Um,
1: that's, what, that's what got me into because I loved Sicario. Hell in yeah. High Water, I missed. You need to see. Sicario, yeah, I need to watch that one because I I
3: know, like, that one was on Netflix or, or something. In my yeah, thought,
1: I didn't I, go out and rent that one. Um, it was Sicari- oh, Sicario, I think, it was on Amazon.
0: And Jeremy I Renner um, is also in Wind River, and he, I thought he was excellent in this movie.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Um, probably
0: yeah. one of my favorite performances from him. And, yeah, just really awesome movie. It was in my top ten for a while. It did It did get bumped out, um, but uh, in no way discrediting this movie. I, I enjoyed it. Again, though, there are some really tough scenes um, in this movie, one in particular that we're not going to mention, although... Um, it's predictable, I think, if you see the first ten minutes uh, and yeah, and you learn you about it. the the situation of the crime that he's trying to that is being investigated, you will um, you can kind of guess what what scene will be coming. But yeah, um, yeah, you, uh,
1: you get plenty of war- a warning. I feel, and, and oddly enough, it's not even what he's brought into the area to inve- You know, get into. He's on in, yeah. the hunch for mountain
0: lions yeah which is a really interesting scene later in the movie too with the mountain yes. lions, but yes um all right that awesome pick mike i'm glad that's on your number two because i think i recommended that to you um earlier this year because yeah. i i yeah. was a big fan of it uh, when i saw it um so my number two is ladybird which i've already talked about again you can back up if you want to um Corey's number one is t2 train spotting and now we're back to mike mike what is your number 1 movie from 2017 right. i think i had, so i'm hoping i what'd you say i'm hoping it's uh, it's one that i am a big fan of but it's not on my top 10
1: okay um well i mentioned a cuz we were talking ghost story and we were talking about the polar polarizing effect of that particular one and i feel that that totally applies to this one by Darren Aronofsky, Mother.
0: Yeah, I was hoping that's what it was going to be. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just enough, not even it. Able to watch it. While we're recording this, a, a graduate of mine just messaged me if I'd seen Mother and is watching Mother right now <laughs> and is uncomfortable while watching it.
1: And I think it's inten- – that's okay, so here's the thing because uh, I've had people ask me about it and – I don't share a whole lot of our, my beliefs and whatnot. I'm really not that way. That's really kept with me. But having and see, I wanted my. I really wanted my wife to see because she's like, "Well, I'll just read." I said, "No, I want you to go into it fresh." And she never did because we ended up having to return it. And you know me, I dig in. I read the spoilers. I said, "Okay, well, let's see." And the spoilers don't – spoilers never have and never will do justice to a film. You don't get the same effect. Mm-hmm. And even going into it – because, I mean, there, again, in Mother, there is a scene that is just uh, – uh, but but you got to understand this is – because uh, he did Noah, correct? Which is was his own interpretation of yeah. Noah.
0: Yeah, Aronofsky did Noah.
1: Okay. And uh, he – so it, he, it was his he made it his own and took it and you know that was I think was a divisive work too because people were going and thinking they're going to see the biblical story of Noah and that's not you know he went his own route which is and I think I even wrote it for this for my still post of it this isn't the film you want to start with of his we talked we've said the same thing with um, David Lynch Eraserhead is not the beginning point that is not where you want to start yeah no definitely uh, if you want to start, you start at the be- you begin at the beginning with Aronofsky's work. You start with Pi yeah. and move on to there. I've yet to see Black Swan. That's one hole in my viewing. Which I, is great. Uh, um, yeah, I've heard it's fantastic. I need to watch it. Missed out on it.
0: I'll tell you I, of his movies though, because um, I just I just watched all. Of, I went on like a binge of Aronofsky because I had not seen anything but Pi. Um prior to uh August, I think is when we started watching them all. We did several of them for movie club. Um but uh my favorite and the most hopeful of his movies I think is The Fountain, which is still not
1: Which I haven't watched.
0: Uh that that one is just great. Um I think underrated actually as a movie. I think it's its mm-hmm. score is a lot lower. Um I, I think that's my favorite of his, but Mother is really close for me. I, I loved Mother. Um it's it's horrifying
1: um but it, 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 but it's meant to be because yes. it's, yeah, no it's his own take it's it's his own take on uh, I'll, I'll just be honest it's his own take on the biblical story but also a social commentary in itself mm-hmm. yeah big time and social social it's commentary. very i mean i mean short of beating you across the head with it it's very much that way and you know uh it's you you look and It's so timely. You think about – I I don't like to politicize because I'm not that way typically either. But I mean when someone in power looks at rich friends and says they're going to be a whole lot richer, this is why it's – that's his – this is Aronofsky's way of kind of addressing that even before that all happens.
0: Yeah, um, and – I mean there's a lot that could be interpreted from this film for sure, It's and that's one of the things I love about it is there's so many – I mean there's the obvious religious metaphors. But aside from mm-hmm, those, mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different things. There's even much interpret. more than that. Yeah, and yeah. you can read into a lot. Um, it's, it is by far my favorite Jennifer Lawrence performance. Um, oh, yeah. She really showcases what she can do. It's shot interestingly because it's almost predominantly shot from close-up of her. Um, which is it's, – it's not a tactic you usually would want to do, but it works really well. We haven't even mentioned Javier Bardem who is just amazing in the role. And that Ed Harris,
1: has. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, with, um, and
0: Domnell Gleeson and his Wig, brother.
1: And yeah, the Gleesons, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig. Um, it, uh, I just lost a thought, but it's – yeah, it's it's – oh, that was the thing. I mean I, how do you even market this? Because I know that there was that, and that that's was very deceiving. You think it's going to have that Rosemary's Baby thing, and I know there was a very similar. Yeah, uh, the poster similarities were in, were there. I, it's I don't know scores. I, I actually deliberately didn't do scores and everything research for this one in on my other list, and honestly, it didn't matter because that he can make this film. Given what typically is released is a testament to him himself himself, because, uh, you know, it's one of those that a major studio is kind of lean away. I know one kind of had a problem with the one scene.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, there's a scene in this movie that I can never erase from my brain, um, unfortunately. I'm not happy about it.
1: Oh, it's it's. um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, Corey, you, you still haven't seen Mother? No, and that's that's so because we put so much time into his his back catalog um to be ready for his film i
3: I know but it i don't know what was going on but i was busy or something and it didn't say the theater's long uh, enough
0: it was not in theaters long enough uh it was hated by a lot of audience members some went in expecting a more (sighs) traditional horror film and it is not that it is horrifying Um, i
3: People need to do a little research, like not mm-hmm. – I just you should, a you little – You should
0: judge a movie for what the movie is, not what you want it to be, um, mm-hmm. and I'm especially I... talking to Star Wars fans on that one, guys. Uh-huh. Um, yep. come, come to the movie and let the director tell the story they're telling and not put your own thoughts and opinions on what it should be. That's not fair to the artist. They are one person representing their ideas, not yours. So um, –
1: And I am not – and I, I watch films. Sometimes I have to turn my brain off. There are some films that okay, that's just you know guilty pleasures. This is yeah. not one of them. And it's challenging, and it's difficult to watch. And not everyone's going to like it. It's not for everyone. No. Nope. But yeah,
0: that was one it, it, for reviewing purposes. That was one of the hardest things because I I put it as must see. I think because I love I I don't love it. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't an enjoyable. Uh, kind of experience during the movie. But afterwards, I was so moved by the the kind of the balls on Aronofsky to make a movie like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And getting the like the push that it got because it got a lot of commercials Um, like it was pushed oh, like a yeah. blockbuster. And it is it not is. a blockbuster. No, um, no, no. And uh, that made me love it even more, I think. And I but I put a disclaimer with my must see. I'm like, it, it's a must see but most people shouldn't like it is not for a general audience this is meant for a, a film lover it's meant for someone who appreciates the craftsmanship of a film not necessarily cuz this I love a lot about it outside of that but it's it's definitely the the story uh, alone will will push people away uh for sure um, and we could, I could probably do a whole episode on mother. Um, and I've only seen it once, but there's just, I've thought about it so much. Um, I think for a good two weeks and I thought about it so much going into it cause I studied Aronofsky, um, pretty aggressively for the month before it came out, uh, prepping for this movie that I knew was going to be, and I'm glad I was right. Cause I went in, the reason I watched all those movies is like, I, I know this is going to be kind of a culmination of his tones and his attitudes and his styles because Noah was a blockbuster kind of, it didn't do blockbuster numbers, but as far as the production and stuff, it was a summer big type movie and they marketed mother like that, but mother isn't that, um, it's, it's isolated. It's small. Um, but man, does it go big at the same time? So, yeah, awesome pick, Mike. I'm glad that's your number one. Cause I, I felt like you would love this movie because it does touch on so many of those kind of. Um, it rubs up against every uncomfortable, imaginable idea I think that's out there. You know, um, mm-hmm. and oh,
1: and I was uncomfortable, and I have a high tolerance for a lot. Yeah, uh, and I, I. But regardless of that, I still appreciated what it was and what yeah. it is. Uh, I I need to watch it again. Um,
0: Yeah, it's... Yeah, I'm waiting for my digital copy. Yeah, definitely. I get a digital copy for free um, through Regal because it was uh, Mother, Suburbicon, Daddy's Home 2. I don't know how that one ties in. And um, (laughs) uh, Downsizing. And I just finally got to see Downsizing because it just came out. Um, So I will be getting my digital copy soon. I just don't know when. Um, So... That said, my number one is The Big Sick, which I've already talked about. So we are done with our top five from 2017. Uh, We'll move into honorable mentions. I don't know how many you guys have. I'm going to do five. I'm going to do basically ten through six on my list. Oh, you have five? I
3: have five. I did ten through
0: six. Oh, great. Okay, so we're going to basically give you a real quick abbreviated version. We're not going to talk about them. I'm just going to list them. Uh, If you want to, go ten to six if you have them. Um, Corey, go first.
3: Okay, ten. Coco. Nine, John Wick, Chapter Two. Nice. Eight, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Nice. Seven, Dunkirk, and six, Blade Runner, twenty
0: forty nine. All right,
1: all right, uh, Mike. Ooh, um, I guess I'll go the way I listed them. So, ten, Spider Man: Homecoming. Hmm. Nine, A Ghost Story. Eight, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Nice. Se- uh, seven, War for the Planet of the Apes. Ah, uh, so- yes. Six Star Wars Episode Eight of the Last Jedi. Oh
0: great! Um, mine is number ten Dunkirk. Uh, nine Killing of a Sacred Deer, the sequel—not uh, <sighs> sequel, but the <laughs> the new film from uh, Yorgos Lanthimos from who did the Lobster mm-hmm. last year. Um, Star Wars: the Last Jedi is number eight, uh, appropriately because it's Episode Eight. Uh, number seven Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and number six, which had been on my top five for a long time, but I kind of feel like it may not hold up with second viewings is the Florida project um, oh. the Florida Um project, which I loved mind you. And Willem Dafoe alone is worth seeing that movie for. Um, there's so much greatness in that movie. I just don't know if it will be as great in future viewings. Second time around. Yeah, um, and so that's what bumped it out. Um, every movie on my list I've seen at least twice. Um, and I loved each viewing of those movies. And I, I, I think the big sick is one I'm going to rewatch, um, all the time. Uh, I don't I, yes. I don't rewatch movies as much as I used to as I've been trying to expand my viewing library versus uh keeping it narrow and only into the movies that I really like. Um, because I want to find more movies that I really like. That's why it's not because you know, whatever. But um I can see just like if I'm having a rough day, the Big Six of movie that yeah. would make me feel better.
3: I was gonna say a new comfort film.
0: And I think Ladybird's on that list too actually. And uh for oh, superhero movies. I have not seen a superhero movie as rewatchable, I think, as Homecoming is. Um, because there's actual, like, joy and happiness in the movie, like, which is missing in a lot of the superhero movies, right? Like, especially the DC movies. There's pure, like, like hope in Spider-Man, which is what the character should be bringing, and he does. And so I can see Homecoming being that way as well. Um, and, yeah. Uh, hope? Why did you say that name? <laughs> but, um... That's our top five and technically our top ten from uh, 2017. We would love to hear yours. You can email us at contact at com. If you like our, our podcast, please go to iTunes or whatever you use to listen to us, rate us and review us. Um, if you really want to help us out, you can support us on Patreon. You can go to com, click on support and find our Patreon uh, information there. Um, any amount of money that you can do a month would be very helpful to to paying the uh, the server cost and the cost for seeing movies. Um, you can follow us on the social medias. I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey
3: R-Star. Two R's on the end.
0: And Mike? At Server Monkey. And this is our first ending of an a uh, marathon of recording. We've done two episodes tonight, which we've never done before. Um, I'm okay. I think you guys are okay. Uh, we'll be back in 2018 with some new episodes. So uh, hopefully you have a great New Year's Eve. And um, thank you, but guys. I'll talk to you uh, in a couple weeks. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.